If your AC is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Log Talk Radio. Lucid's Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucid's Trust, We'll discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Inner Sight. Inner Sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have within you the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way, with new eyes. So stay with us, and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. The poet Marion Moore has an interesting comment on silence. The deepest feeling always shows itself not in silence, but restraint. Seems a little bit paradoxical, that statement. Could you comment on that? Well, uh, it is um, a bit um, mysterious, but I, I like the, the suggestion within it that uh, silence, meaning cessation from speech, doesn't necessarily uh, indicate depth of feeling or depth of character, maybe because uh, that old saying that still waters run deep has always annoyed me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what she's trying to say is that the real depth of, of uh, expression, the depth of consciousness, is found in um, a monitoring of one's uh, expression, a, a, a careful discipline or a monitoring of one's speech, one's reactions, and so on, not just by keeping mum. Yeah. Do, do you see it differently? No, I think that's, that's right. I mean, it's... it's um Restraint can be uh, can be positive and can be uh, actually create quite a, a sound if it's a proper kind of restraint and uh, uh, if it's an inward restraint. Yeah. Well, it's thinking before you speak. Uh, is that what you're saying, Sarah? Yes. Yeah, which a lot of people don't do. You're right about that. Right. Uh, doesn't for silence though? Doesn't sometimes doesn't it foster suppression? And aren't we always aren't we supposed to? As they say in this day and age, aren't we supposed to let it all out, say what we really think? Well, that's certainly the um, standard that people seem to go by today. Mm -hmm. Uh, These talk shows where people come on and before an audience of complete strangers say the most incredible things, Mm -hmm. um, reveal aspects of their personal life and of their attitudes towards others that just stun you with the the crassness and sometimes the cruelty, if not just the lack of uh, discretion. But... Modern psychology is right. If you damn things up 
through silence, things you really want to express. That's not healthy. But the alternative is not just letting it all out in speech. I think there's another alternative which is uh, which deals with the the problem at the source, which is in the mind, in the emotional reactions. You can overcome uh, a uh, a complaint or a grievance uh, by dealing it with it emotionally and mentally within yourself. And uh, that doesn't require that you tell somebody off. It doesn't require that you speak in a way that might wound or uh, cause disturbance. So I think psychology is trying to promote a more healthy uh, view of life than the suppressed so-called Victorian era. But we're not there yet. Yes, it's it's uh, okay to um, bring up some of this stuff, these ideas perhaps that have been suppressed, but then what do you do with them? I think that's the, the key factor there. I think uh, people think that once they've expressed something, it just sort of dissipates. Well, it actually uh, tends to create more of the, of the same problem. I think mm-hmm. you're just uh, expounding on the same problem, on the same. You're building on the same old thought form that mm-hmm. got you into, prob- into trouble in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if fostering that's the problem. Yeah. So you're you're not really working towards uh, silence or restraint. You're you're just you're you're actually uh, mm-hmm. feeding it, right? Feeding it and making it worse in some respects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's way too much talk on the level of problem solving, in my opinion. Uh, people think that talking it all out is going to help. Sometimes that's possible with careful preparation about what you really want to say and with the willingness to listen. But this brutal leveling with just uh, saying whatever on your mind and with the desire to humiliate and destroy and put right another human being, it's not very successful. I, re- I remember uh, something we said in the prior show that was interesting, more or less a criteria for uh, how to speak. And uh, I remember the beginning of it, uh, before, before we speak, we should... Uh, determine whether it was true, and what was the rest of it, Sarah? Is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? Yeah. And if you can't answer all three of those questions, maybe you shouldn't <laughs> say it. <laughs> maybe it's time to be silent, right? <laughs> and, uh, but today is in such an unusual age because there doesn't seem to be much silence at all. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it seem that today people are actually afraid of silence? Well, you think so, seeing all the people walking down the street talking into their cell phones mm-hmm. in the midst of traffic and uh, all... I guess I'm showing my age. I find it incredible, especially because I've never liked the telephone anyway. Mm -hmm. And then to actually carry one around with you so that people can reach you at any moment, (laughs) I'm mystified. But there's not only the cell phones, there's the media, television, radio, uh, the Internet, computers. We are constantly communicating. And I suppose that's a real sign of spiritual progress. We are communicating with each other and with people on the other side of the earth. But the noise level Mm. is something that uh, is staggering. You wonder, though, if people are afraid of of silence because, Mm. uh, you know, when the power goes off and Mm. there's no more TV and more lights and there's no more, uh, well, you can have a battery-operated Phonograph and all that, but you know the, the Walkman. But uh, there, there seemed to be this unwillingness to 
just sit down and, and think and, and mm-hmm. enjoy the silence or going out in the, on the hillside and going out into the country and sitting down and simply sitting there quietly enjoying the silence and that that's very rare I mean more rare than uh, I, I think most people just don't do it as much today they've got to have their phone with them they've got to have something there to uh, keep them what they think in contact with the world and uh, it's, it's uh, kind of arrogant in a way that they have nothing to learn from silence but I think we do have a tremendous amount to learn well maybe they're afraid that there would be nothing there in the silence that it would be a vacuum because they've never really explored it this is something I, I wonder about with our young children today especially who study with the radio or television on I was never allowed to do that as a child you had to have quiet um, now, multitasking is such a common uh, mm. and uh, acclaimed uh, habit where you're doing several things at once, driving and talking on the phone or uh, whatever. All of it is part of the stimulation of the times. It's an extremely stimulating period spiritually that we are living in. And I think we're all a little bit crazy from all the stimulation. It's, it's probably quickening to the soul, but the effect of uh, noise and chatter and expression, the desire to express oneself, is probably an effect of spiritual stimulation. It could be well uh, balanced with periods of silence. I don't mean that everybody should go into a cave and live there, but like Dale says, just occasionally enjoy the moments of quiet and cultivate them. Yeah, I think it's a product of the uh, of the human mind, the development and the sensitivity of the mind that has grown it was in such great proportions over the last uh, couple of centuries that uh, the mind is so busy mm-hmm. and it enjoys being busy that uh, <coughs> it, it it's like the multitasking. It has to be busy, not just doing one thing, but doing you know, six things at once. Yeah. And that's why we try to drive and talk on a cell phone, drive at the same time, and find it's not so easy to do. Um, we can get in a lot of trouble. But um, I, I think it's a product of the development of the mind, and I think all of this stimulation of noise and talk, and etc., and music is coming from without when perhaps we should be stopping and taking time to listen to what's going on within. Mm -hmm. And I think that because there is another whole beautiful world within that we should be trying to listen to, and that requires the silence of the mind, a mind at rest and um, one-pointed and peaceful. That was a, um, a requirement of one of the ancient spiritual schools uh, run by Pythagoras, mm-hmm. a school called Cretona in ancient Greece. Applicants who entered mm-hmm. that school had to take a vow to be silent for two years. Can you imagine? Two years of silence. I wonder if any of us could do that. But I think there is still practice because I read a book by um, uh, a Western uh, Buddhist, uh, Surya Das, who's from Long Island, actually. Uh, He wrote a wonderful book on Buddhism, and he said that he twice, at least in his life, has gone on retreats where he was silent for six months at a time. 
And um, so it is a, a spiritual practice. What would be the purpose of it? Well, for one thing, to uh, learn to speak properly and appropriately. Uh, so many of us, people might say that we right now babble. We speak without preparation, without thought, without consideration of the consequences and the effects. That's the point of that little saying to ask oneself, is it true, is it kind, is it necessary? That examines the effects of speech, and we don't do that enough. But there's um, there's another consideration to Pythagoras' rule, I think, that Dale hinted at. It's um, that in silence spiritual energy is channeled, mobilized, and directed. Right, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why uh, he made that uh, that ruling, so that uh, there could be that uh, spiritual connection. In fact, even, even in uh, some of the uh, monasteries today, they still practice that. The, the monks uh, lead a life of uh, silence. There's no talking, and... Uh, Maybe it's uh, that old expression, I can't hear myself think. Maybe they learn to hear their thoughts, their inner meditation by cultivating silence. Well, yes, and I suppose it's, as far as the monasteries are concerned, it's, it's there to hear God, mm-hmm. you know, to be one with God and uh, to uh, walk with God and, and to work with God in whatever you're doing. So it's, it's God's work you're doing in the world. And the first expression of God's voice is the voice of the silence, which is the, vo- the, the note or the sound of the soul. Mm-hmm. The indwelling divinity within every human being is called the voice of the silence. Mm-hmm. You can't hear it if you're talking. That's a good point. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Very wise of me, wasn't it? <laughs> in case you've just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight and Art. The topic today is silence, and I like to think of it as the power of silence, because just to uh, talk about what uh, Sarandell has been, has been saying, it's the way we develop a spiritual power, the ability to look within, uh, examine and question, and uh, discover our relationship with our Creator, and how we can grow, and maybe even thinking about what areas of life that we need improvement all can emanate from a from the sound of silence, so to speak. Uh, if you want to explore the power of silence further, you might take a look at our, one of our books. Uh, Esoteric Psychology is the title of the book, and you can explore further the theme of silence, the importance of silence to the, uh, to the individual and to the spiritual growth of the individual. Uh, you could order that book, if you'd like to, directly from us, and you can call, call us on our toll-free number, one 866 695-8247. Once again, that's 1-866-695-8247. An easy way to remember the number is 1-866-NY-LUCIS. Think of 1-866-NEW-YORK-LUCIS. LUCIS is L-U-C-I-S. Our website is www.lucistrust.org. Our email is newyork at lucistrust.org. And a lot of people like to order a general package of information. They like to find out who we are. And one of the most common asked questions is, is Lucis Trust, is it a religion? No, we're not. Uh, We certainly welcome you to stay with your religion if you want to uh, find out more about us. We think that your religion enriches us, so bring your thoughts, your belief, your religion to our organization. We view Lucis Trust as a 
a philosophical organization interested in exploring life, the meaning of life, uh, uh, determining if we can what our relationship is to uh, God, our Creator, the universe, uh, examining where we've been perhaps and where we're going to as, as an individual as well as a society. So once again, if you'd like to order that general pack of, package of information or if you'd like to order any of the 24 volumes or perhaps even all 24 volumes of Lucy's Trust, uh, literature. You can order all 24 volumes uh, directly from us at a 10% discount. And although you certainly can purchase the books at Barnes and Noble, Amazon.com, or Borders, uh, the only place that you're going to receive a 10% discount for all 24 volumes is ordering directly from us, which once again is the number 1-866-695-8247, or the easy way to remember the number 1-866. NY Lucis, think of New York Lucis, 1866, NY Lucis, L U C I S. Um, now, speaking of silence, and you mentioned restraint before, and uh, what came to my mind is what I used to do as a child sometimes if I got into a frustrating situation. Is there any value in the old saying, count to ten? Yes, we can hear our mothers uh, saying that to us even now, can't we? The, <laughs> the the purpose of it was to not speak until one had really prepared himself. And uh, mm-hmm. so many human problems could be avoided by preparation of uh, what you want to say when it concerns something um, difficult or perhaps a little bit uh, uh, with the potential for misunderstanding count to ten, think about the effect you want to create, which is probably not to irritate or upset another person, but to achieve understanding. Uh, That is not usually gained by saying the first thing that pops into your mind. Um, But it's not only that we should refrain from speech. That's not behind this, this idea of silence. It's that we should learn how to use speech and silence both in a creative sense, spiritually. And in fact, wrong silence can be just as harmful as wrong speech. Mm. What I mean is staying silent in the face of evil, uh, in the face of wrongdoing, because you're afraid of creating a ruckus, afraid of being uh, thought a troublemaker or whatever. So wrong silence is uh, condoning something that you know is not right, but by not speaking, you're condoning it. You're giving the impression of uh, agreeing with it. Yes, it's it's knowing when to speak and how to speak. And uh, a lot of people um, speak when they shouldn't. Uh, they say too much, and other people just don't say enough. And mm-hmm. perhaps they should say more, mm-hmm. because it's so. It's 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 a matter of. Uh, learning how to speak and, and when to speak and, and what to say when you do speak and, and speak in the right way. And um, that that reminds me of um, the, um, the silence that uh, <clears throat> sometimes arises in relation to non-criticism. Uh, if we... Um, if we can hold ourselves back, and it goes back to this whole thing about... Um, counting to ten before you do speak because too often we will blurt out some kind of criticism about somebody or something and without uh, thinking and uh, perhaps it would have been best if we did count to ten and uh, 
step back and uh, not say what we were going to say. So that uh, that's a very good thing, I think, to keep in mind. Silence uh, also has to do with how we use our minds, our imagination, our our reverie. Um, we may think that as long as we're not speaking, it's okay. But if we're using our imagination to uh, fantasize about uh, the mistreatment of others, the 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 um, uh, oh harm harm coming to someone that we uh, do not like, that we feel has uh, wronged us, if we're using our imagination in ways that uh, create violence or unwholesomeness, that's also a wrong use of silence. Mm -hmm. So it's not only the retention of speech, it's dealing with the creation of ideas and um, thoughts at their source, making sure that uh, they are true and uh, wholesome and pure. Out of that, right speech automatically flows. Yes, and there's reason for this. It's not just because it's a nice thing to do, Mm. because uh, once one begins to step onto the path, path of discipleship, then this, um, and everybody will eventually, whether you will know it or not, um, this whole idea of silence becomes very important because once you move into the more higher levels of spiritual thought and the spiritual groups and ashrams, as they're called sometimes, Um, There are certain lines of thought which just are not allowed. And so that's another aspect of silence that uh, we all have to learn what not to think, what lines of thought we just don't uh, allow to think, don't allow ourselves to get into. And I think we can begin to even practice that today because, um, as you mentioned about not having having uh, unwholesome thoughts or um, our imaginations going wild. Uh, These are lines of thought that can be controlled and we just don't have to allow ourselves to go down that path because um, it it creates more pollution for our own self, our own mind. It gets polluted with all of this stuff. So I think that's another aspect of silence too. In the literature of Alice Bailey, uh, more or less, and correct me if I'm wrong, I more or less uh, uh, derive the idea that silence can, can it can be creative and uh, it can be healing as well. Is is that is that was that interpretation that I got from the Alice Bailey literature? Would that be correct? That it can be creative and healing as well? Yes, and uh, in our present day, it has to be cultivated because uh, the world we live in is very very noisy, very filled with outer activity noise, comings and goings, the activity of the the, the, low, the lower mind, mm. uh, as Dale mentioned earlier. And so the, the challenge is to create this this um, this silence that that leads to germination of something deep within us. Meditation is probably the best way to do this. Meditation is a creative cultivation of uh, the spiritual consciousness within us. It cannot come to light if we are living lives of outer activity and noise and incessant uh, um, expression without taking time to listen to the the voice of the silence. 
silence can also be a way of creating peace, uh, not only within oneself, but between oneself and others. Mm-hmm. How, how the world would benefit if we had more periods of silence before uh, engaging in um, uh, conflict re- resolution. I sometimes wish maybe countries like Israel and Palestine could have a period of just silence on all mm-hmm. levels towards each other. Yeah, there is a very um, <clears throat> interesting um, creative aspect of silence in, in used in creating, in building work or building mm-hmm. the ideas and thought forms. In fact, uh, the uh, Alice Bailey teachings go into this quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the work on building thought forms, it's very necessary in, at the beginning stage that the work should be dealt with very quietly because mm-hmm. these thought forms are very delicate and they're just ideas that are in the mind mm-hmm. and uh, words, unnecessary words can literally shatter these thought forms and uh, so that's, that's a very good thing to keep in mind when you're creating anything actually and I'm reminded of uh, people in the theater of uh, an old tradition in the theater that well if you're up for a part uh, you just don't talk about it with anybody because that will uh, it'll literally shatter the whole idea and you won't get the part and that's the whole you don't go to somebody else so it's I don't know if the people in the theater understood really Sounds what like they superstition <laughs> <laughs> well yeah probably it was but there is an esoteric a spiritual basis for for doing that because you're up for this part and it's a very delicate situation. You don't know there are a lot of other people that are up for the same part and so you just don't want to make it worse. You just don't go around and telling everybody that you're going to get this part, you know it, you know it, you know you're going to get this part and then you don't. It can dissipate energy, I think, is what you mean. And this pertains to any project you're working on uh, to remain silent about it while you're creating it, building it. If you speak too early, it dissipates energy, I think. Yeah, that's that's exactly what will happen. I'm confused about something. What do we mean by a thought form? I've got some ideas on it, but I think also for the sake of the audience, they might question what a thought form might be. Do we have... We have perhaps an example of what a thought form uh, might be. Well, all our thoughts are thought forms. Ideas are things. They are creations. Mm-hmm. They are uh, an accumulation of energy. So a thought form simply means a, a complete uh, integrated thought, an idea. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a, a fancy term for idea. I see. Okay. Uh, then, you know, from our discussion, it seems as if there are many different kinds of silence, yes. doesn't it? Uh, yes. Is that true? Yes, there's the silence of wrong speech that creates harm. And then there's the silence that is retention of energy, uh, which was hinted at in the uh, opening quote about uh, the restraint of silence. And then it occurred to me there's another kind of silence that's very important on the spiritual path, which is not sharing spiritual teaching or spiritual truths with the unready. Mm-hmm. This is a phenomenon that might ruffle the feathers of our very democratic society, but it's a, a, a very um, universal concept in spiritual growth that the Bible, I think, says, do not cast your pearls before swine. Mm-hmm. Do not share spiritual teaching with those who are not ready to assimilate it. Yeah. I'd like to mention briefly one more <clears throat> one more use of silence, and that's in, in 
in music, uh, in composition of music, so oftentimes they will use silence as a, a building tension to create tension. And a beautiful example of that is uh, in the Hallelujah Chorus from the Messiah, right mm-hmm. at the very end, just before the final uh, few bars, there is this big pregnant pause and this tremendous amount of uh, anticipation that is built up just by the silence. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. Well, I hope we've learned about the the power and the value of silence today, and that's about all the time we have for our discussion today. You've been listening to Inner Sight, and now we would like to close with a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. If your A.C. is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your A.C. unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.